Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the public sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to the Business Matters Podcast. My guest this week is columnist, photographer and owner of the Christie Studio in Letterkenny, Brian McDade. Brian has been taking photographs for over 40 years and took over the Christie Gallery, which was originally located on Port Road back in 2002. Brian also served with Letterkenny Fire Service for 27 years. He left school at 16 and worked as a carpenter with the local building contractor, Terence Ponsby, during the construction of St Bernadette's School on College Farm Road. A motorsport enthusiast, Brian began taking pictures at car rallies in the early 80s and has been a professional photographer since. Earlier this week, I spoke to Brian in the back office of his premises on Common Road. I am delighted to be joined by Brian McDade, photographer and owner of Christie Gallery in the Rikini. Brian, you're very welcome to Business Matters. How are you doing, Kieran? Brian, I was just looking above the door on the way in this morning here. Um, established 1981, so you celebrated 40 years in business uh, just last year. It's uh, a long time on the road, Brian. Um, it was uh, Powder, my brother, got that sign for us. Um, he found it in Belfast. Uh, there was another man's name on it. And before Christmas that year that he gave me it, he asked me, he says, how long are you taking photographs? And uh, we were, I was thinking back and I was saying 1981. I says, I just never thought. And then the wee sign landed. That's a wee small wooden sign. It's outside. And... Uh, when we were getting this place done up, I got Barry Mackey to make a bigger version of the sign and we put it above the door. So that's the story of the sign. Um, it's, I'm doing photography from I was very young. Um, the late Jim McCormick would have been my mentor. Um, used to go to him. Um, bought my first camera off him, bought most of my cameras off him and buy them off Jared now. Um, if, they can, if they can get them, they get the first chance on them. And um, I used to, motorsport is where I got into the photography and um, I used to maybe go to whatever rally would be on and uh, it took a week for the film to come back and you would be leaving it on the Monday and you wouldn't be able to pay for it till next Friday anyway so you would be collecting the uh, film uh, normally only one roll maybe a 36 and you'd be going up the church lane and you'd be looking through them to see did you catch the cars or did you not catch the cars and uh, just the smell of printed pictures uh, an old yellow and black uh, negative uh, packet um, you were just going through them you just couldn't wait to look through them you know and even to this day that's still, I have still that when I'm taking a picture, I'm still wanting to see what it's like, you know, I'm just pressing the button and you have everything set but you still have the uncertainty of how it's going to turn out just What was the attraction about photography, Brian? Um, well I suppose there's a kind of a thing that I realised later in life where um, I hadn't got, I hadn't got um, I just enjoyed motorsport and I enjoyed capturing freezing 
uh, action uh, and and kind of setting it up and trial and error. I had uh, didn't learn. I learned by my mistakes. Uh, it's a good way to learn something, you know. Uh, you make a mistake, you you don't make it again, like you know. Um, and I still like that, you know. I still like that aspect of it. Just you know, uh, and I, st- I like it not to be planned. I think you you go somewhere, you plan something, you're expecting it to be perfect, uh, and it's never perfect. And once you learn that, you know you can work around whatever you're you're set out with. You know. So what you tell me that the best shots come out of the blue? Uh, well, sometimes the, the best shot is the next shot. That's never, you know, that's uh, you, what you think should be good. Or I used to see times when somebody would be maybe gearing something up and they would have this notion or this idea that the picture should work out really well, you know, and then you go there and it's a different time of the day and it's raining and it's dark uh, and maybe a person is not uh, you know anxious to get the photograph taken you know and you all them things you know so and, you know you never know you never know but you have to be open for photography um, uh, you have to be looking kind of I always think you see the best picture looking in the mirror of your car at times you see a, a scene and you say God I've never seen that you know and you just see it in the mirror there and you stop take the picture of it you know so Brian you're based here at the foot of the town on Comet Road uh, directly across from Thintai Restaurant and what is your place of work um, would I be right in saying it's uh, something of a spiritual home for you as well um, very much, very much so. Um, it's just see in January here, um, and around Christmas time, um, you're interviewing me here today, you know, and um, it feels this place just feels the same as it always has felt, you know. Um, all the people that were here once, they're all gone, but they're they're still here, like you know, um, and you're still conscious, you know, of uh, maybe keeping this place <laughs> good for them. I know that might sound a wee bit stupid, you know, and it might be a great business thing, you know, but talk, talk to me about the people who were here before you went. Well, uh, I suppose. Um, Auntie B or Bida, um, she was married to Maidini, and uh, Bida, Bida, Bida was cross, you know, for uh, <laughs> for. She was well positive, you know, um, and, you know, a lot of people can be cross and can be negative, you know, but she was always positive, you know, and she, she was all, whatever you were doing or whatever you were thinking of doing, she would tell you maybe the negatives, but she would back you to the halt then, no matter what it was, you know. Was she a big influence in your business life? Um, maybe I didn't probably realize as much, you know, to later years. You know, uh, you know, you're, you think you know everything when you're young. You know, and you're, you, you know, you think that nobody has done what you have done. You know, and then as life goes on, you change. That that changes. You know, but uh, no, she'd been, she would have been well positive. You know, um, me. Um, my granny was here whenever I, my earliest memories my granny was in here and she was in a wheelchair and she couldn't say anything and it's just uh, we're just chatting about this the last day you know that uh, the registration for this year is uh, will be 22 and uh, or 221 or 22 and that was the only two words that she could say was 22 she had lost her speeches and uh, 
we owned the shop down at the corner and we used to go down the back here to the shop and I would say, I used to say to her, uh, can I go down to the shop? And she, she would go, tutu, tutu. And then you'd ask her, do you want something? We'll get that for you, tutu. And just she just changed the beat of the same words. Um, and she, she could... Um, she could just communicate with you, you know. Now the other thing about her that, and I didn't hear her saying that, but Bida said that she, she could recite the rosary from memory when Bida was saying it. She could join in it, you know. But that was the only two words she had, you know. So she died in 1966, um, and my mother died in 1970, uh, and then my grandfather died in 1977. Um, and this is his bedroom that we're in here today, which we would have called the den after he passed away. Bida made this the the den, uh, and the den was uh, uh, visitors come here to get mass cards, and uh, they come to get sprains, uh, cord for sprains, and uh, that was originally my grandfather's cure. And he didn't, I don't remember him using it that much, but Bida done, done it for him. And she had far, she had far more success in it, uh, you know, where a lot of people come here, you know. Now, the, the, the downside of the den, if you were got, have you were asked to come in here now, and Bida wanted you to come in here, you were in bother. Because <laughs> you were going to get towel off. <laughs> Can you describe what's in the den now for listeners, Brian? Uh, your reception is at the front door at the back of, of your uh, premises here. Well, the the most the thing that I work off every day, and it's just because it works in here, is the table that's in here. And the table was made by Harry Russell, who's just around the corner. And Harry made it for the kitchen, which is across the hall from here. And um, then whenever we put an extension on it, Harry put a new top on it, and the top's a wee bit wider than the legs. And uh, many today me and Bida would have sat having a cup of tea having a yarn and that table just is for me I work every day and you know um, the chair I'm sitting on a button for Bida because she, her knees were bad she'd bother with her legs and um, I never thought uh, I, I sit in it and often think about them you know and the sideboard's here behind me and that used to be out in the sitting room and uh there's a clock there as well, um, belonged to my grandfather. Um, it's out in the, at the front, but it used to sit on the on the sideboard. And it's a lovely Westminster chime. And just just the sound of it just used to go off. And uh, whenever I started working in here before I renovated or before I done the place up, I remember winding it up one day and it wouldn't work. And I was out in the front place about an hour after it, and it started chiming. And you know, thus the chime just reminded me of my childhood. And Took you back in time, though. Oh, it was <laughs> unreal, just you know. So. Right, my eyes drawn to a, a, a camera, an old fashioned looking camera uh, over your left shoulder. Is there a story behind that camera? There's um, a, a Bronica that um, that would have been a, a camera that I would have got to, to, to do medium format uh, photography on. Um, I would have been more at home doing the 35mm for the newspaper but that one was used uh, that's an old one that I used for uh, weddings and that you know I didn't do a while at a weddings but I just I, you needed a bigger negative for the quality just you know you mentioned the newspapers Brian can you talk to me a bit about your, your first job and the first picture that you got published um, 
Well, Seamus McBride uh, was working in advertising and it would have been Seamus that kind of got me into the papers uh, and that was with the Donegal Democrat on the Port Road and I used to be going in with Raleigh pictures and they were looking at them, oh they're great and but you know they were never going to use as many as I wanted you know so they, were, they would have been sending you to do different jobs um, and I would I've been going on to them and I would also I worked in the fire service uh, for was in the fire service for about 27 years but um, when um, I remember the first story that um, it was a, a young fellow by the name of Adrian Mitchell and Adrian's grandfather, the late Bobby Corn, was in the fire brigade, and his uh, un- two uncles, Sean, the late Sean Corn, and the late Eddie Corn, we were all in it. And Adrian was terminally ill, and we took him out one evening in the fire engine, and we we let him fire down in the car park of the old swimming pool, and we brought the we set up the fire, and we got him down, and. Uh, um, that story actually was um, Suzanne Rogers was doing that for the uh, Gary people, and it was to be the lead story that week. And something else happened that week, and it went on the. But that would have been the first big story that, or big pictures that I would have done. You know. Uh, just go back. You talked about uh, the process of producing a picture and bringing it, say, from the moment that you click the button to it either being uh, on a print in front of you, being on a screen, or being on a paper. Mm. Huge change, Brian, and how things are processed now. Um, oh, huge and big changes on it, and um, and you know, it's, it's it's a great thing in a way that uh, people are enjoying photography now. You know, because they can see right away what they've taken. You know. When we were taking it, we didn't know what our light was like. We would just you done all your numbers and your checks, and you, you you know we didn't know until you developed a negative. We developed the negatives in the Port Road, and uh, we printed the pictures, and them pictures then had to be got onto the bus, um, or uh, there was a lorry used to come to uh, done stores, and they would have been put on it. Uh, that had to go to Valley Shannon. And sometimes uh, the bus, when, when they went on the bus, sometimes they forgot to go down to collect them off the bus in Ballyshannon. And, and the pictures that were meant for the Democrat ended up in Sligo. And somebody had to go from Ballyshannon to collect the pictures to take them back, you know. So that, uh, I always thought, um, you know, when you're doing the photography in them times, you took the picture. That was the first time you seen it. Um, when you developed the negative, you knew that you were you had something to work off. That was the second time you looked at it in negative form. Then you printed it, uh, and you had visualised how maybe somebody was going to use it. And the fourth time you looked at it, then was when it was in the paper, you know. And uh, there was, you know, it was all black and white. Uh, but I used to, even if I'm looking at a picture now, I'm trying to figure out a, a choice of one or two. I'll turn them to black and white, and I'll look at. Eyes and a look at expression in that, you know, what you'll see quicker in a, in a black and white f- photograph. Just you must have met some uh, great characters, Brian, on your 40 plus years of, of being a photographer. Um, I did, um, and you know, very feel very privileged to some of the some of the places that I was, and you know, some places you were taking pictures, you know, but I always think, you know, about uh. Uh, an old journalist that was uh, working 
uh, he was kind of coming to the end of his career whenever I was starting. He was a man named Farfasa, uh, Liam Conahan, and um, me and him were covering uh, a job up in um, McLafferty's Bar, and it was the it was the old committee of the St Patrick's Day Parade. And they couldn't get finance or they couldn't get support and they were saying they were going to pull the pan. And it was a very passionate uh, meeting and um, Farafasa had two pairs of glasses and he had one and he was looking, he'd be looking to see who said something and then he would change them then to uh, write something down, you know, and... Um, there was uh, what what I remember about him was that somebody made a very very strong speech about this parade, you know, and everybody was clapping hands, and I was clapping my hands, and the next thing he gave me a wee uh, push with his elbow. Uh, he says, "What are you doing?" And I says, "Oh, they're all clapping hands." He says, "He says you're not here to support." He says, "You're working," you know, and I often think, you know. It, he was very professional in that, and that was the old school. You know, now people want your own opinion as well, which which is probably good as well, you know. Was he pointing out the line, D? There was a line, I, you know, and that was a line in his day, you know, that, he, you know, we never... Were you impartial? Aye. Brian, sometimes when, when a local photographer, a local, someone like yourself, you know, I know it's a job and a, a, it's a passion, as you've talked about. Yeah, is it almost really like a vocation at times? Uh, <laughs> very much so <laughs> very much so um, there, there'd be times you know there, there, there were people there are people that there's a vocation in it, especially with the news that you're people that you've worked with for years and they'll know that if you're coming to do a job you're going to do it you know you're going to do it to the same standard that you always done it you know and um, there was nice wee connection with the public years ago, you know, and these different people that put an effort onto something they were doing and they wanted it covered and they needed to get a kind of a result for people that might be supporting them, you know. So them people, um, you know, that was their vocation and you were kind of an extension of their vocation as well, you know. Um, but it would be very much, uh, I, I, you know, this... I probably enjoy it too much for it to be anything other than, you know, and it's a vocation, but I enjoy doing it, always enjoyed it, you know, I never thought of it as work, mm. never think the, of it as work at all. Sorry, Ryan, you've got the perfect mix, you've got the news world, you've got the Ryan world that you're passionate about, and then you've got your professional uh, gallery here, which is uh, a, a varied mix, there's, there's nothing that you're really missing, so mm. can we talk to me a wee bit about the service you provide here at the gallery? Well, um... And what I would say, and um, this is uh, me, uh, maybe um, very like you know, that's a, a, a professional photographer. You know, I always kind of panic a wee bit when somebody says that. You know, and I, I think, what? Why is that? What, what and what does that? You know, what does that mean? You're a professional photographer. You know, and um, I always think, you know, this. I always think of Christy Keeney come back here to Letterkenny and he was uh, he was doing uh, his, his art he was these the heads that he was doing and uh, me and him had this com conversation and he was saying he says you know it's very hard in your own town to say that you're an artist or you're a photographer you know you're 
like I always kind of thought I was a fireman and then I was a photographer, you know. So I would have, even though I opened the door here, I was kind of wee bit worried about that, you know, and what do people, do people pick holes at that and that or do you feel as if they're picking holes in that? I don't know. Right. <laughs> Can you just go back to, to that type? How long ago did, did you officially open the door here, Brian, to, to set up the, the gallery? Well, I, I would just, um, I would say, Twenty about twenty years done now here um, between here and uh, me and I'm just uh, Patter would have pushed me on a wee bit uh, and doing this you know and me and Patter used to Patter come up there for the Christmas dinner and um, we'd be sitting there having a yarn and Patter was chatting about this place in the Port Road and Nyla Donald was in it and. Uh, he was thinking of, um, you know, finishing up, and Potter said, "God, it'd be a great place for us." So me and Potter went down, and 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 Eileen as well, and um, we we ended up, uh, you know, taking over that business down on the on the Port Road, and we worked there. And um, this house here, um, um, uh, we were getting this ready, you know, f- to do what we wanted to do here, you know, and we were in the Port Road, and it was good learning process in the Port Road as well, you know, uh, because it was a uh, shop front, but I like this place better, you know, um, and, uh, you know, uh, you go through, like, I'm, I'm, I was renting that place from a man in Belfast that had it, you know, and uh, and he was great to work with, you know, but this house here, yeah, it's, a, you know, it's a long-term thing here, you know, so um, 20 years between the two of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Brian, I'm just, I'm just looking, looking around uh, the walls here as you're talking to me. There are family portraits, communion pictures, uh, confirmation pictures, wedding pictures. All that was sort of either put on hold or cancelled for the last couple of years. So how did the last two years of the pandemic sort of impact on your business or how significant was the impact on your business? Um, and, and, you know, this, uh, people put a value on everything in the lockdown um, and they put a value on things that they took for granted beforehand, you know. Um and you would have had uh, you just you know they, they weren't there was there was no difference they they just wanted things that they wouldn't you know they would they were they mightn't be able to take their whole family all the family in for a photograph you know but they would they would be anxious to get everybody included you know and a different outlook on things that were important to them you know have you noticed a big change in people in the last two years I do you know uh, and they're they're mellowed you know. Uh, where before it was it was about price and it was about you know you're they're trying to compete now it's just about getting something done you know and you know they're trying to get it done here before lockdown would come so so was price at the bottom of the list now uh, no it's not top anyway. not well for me anyway I'd, I I just find sometimes you know people be phoning you to price something I said you know this you need to bring it on because I need to see it and there we'll take a break. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. You're welcome back. Before the break... 
Brian McDade talked about the changes he has observed in people as a result of the pandemic over the last two years. I think the lockdown has been good for people, for themselves, you know, and now it's it's hard on them as well, you know, but I just find that they're diff- they have a different view and they have a different appreciation of stuff, you know. Did you use the, the first lockdown to sort of maybe push the pause button and maybe assess where you are and, 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 and maybe review uh, your plans and where you're going? Uh, a wee bit, Kieran. Um I would have found uh, I was like because this place was here, and I just I could come in and work away here. But you'd be on days, and you would sidetrack yourself. You do nothing, you know. Uh, Sorry, Brian, did you capture much of the deserted streets or the the slowness of life or the stillness of life uh, around early on, or did you bother? No, do you know this? Just the way the digital age has went on, uh, I just thought you know this. Uh, um, I don't need to go out and, and uh, I don't, you know, like I remember I was doing a job for um, one of the national papers and they sent me a covering letter and it was very well worded letter which you could have used anywhere, like, you know but uh, I remember doing a kind of a wee a wee, a wee picture one night um, and it was a friend of mine who passed away um, uh, Tootsie and um I was looking for a photograph of him that I wanted to do a wee thing on, and there was a checkpoint outside the town, outside my area. And, you know, they were asking the standard questions, and they were perfectly entitled to answer them, but I was outside the area, and it sounded like a feeble excuse. And I said, no, you know this, I'm not going to, I don't want to go there anymore, you know, so. But, uh, no, I didn't, you know this... The lockdown, I, I was weary of it, um, very kind of wondering about it, you know. I didn't, we didn't know where we were going on it, you know. And it, 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 I had ideas of doing things, and then you had a reality of what age you were and how, what kind of condition that you were, you know, and how this would affect you if you did have COVID, you know. So I was weary enough of it, like, and still am, you know. Brian, you would have captured countless images uh, through your lenses uh, during the years, some happy, some sad, mm. some tragic, some memorable. Mm. Is there a favourite picture uh, among your collection uh, that you're most proud of? Um, it probably would be a motorsport picture. Um, and um, it would be... and um, It was a picture my brother was come back from America and um, he wanted to go to the Circuit of Ireland he come here so that in the time of the circuit, he always comes when there's a rally on you know but it's a great one because uh, the four of us boys always end up getting to go somewhere you know but um, he wanted to go to the circuit and we went up and I wanted to go to watch it I didn't want to take pictures he says oh I'll take a camera anyway and I took a wee camera with me a wee Nikon F90 and a wee lens uh, that Eileen got me in America and I had it over my uh, arm and I was standing back and of course Neilis he was into photography as well and he was up at the corner but I was standing back and I just just out of pure habit uh, set up what the shutter speed would have been and what the aperture would have been and the light reading was on film and Austin McKeel came down the, the first car came down the road and uh, knocked around the corner and Austin McKeel came down and he went straight through the ditch <laughs> and he landed on, on the boot lid and the car set up on its end up with the nose up in the air and then it fell down slowly down on the roof 
and I could see it coming through the hedge and I just kept shooting, you know. And I knew that I had it, um, but I was just hoping that I had it froze, you know. But that was in somewhere in Dungannon, and I said, uh, Nilus had a higher care, and I said, Nilus, will we? We go to Dublin, let's picture to see if somebody would develop it, you know. And went up anyway, and um, I was doing a wee bit of work for the Irish Times at the time, and I'm all, I only had a, would be meet or listen to these people or talk to them over the phone, so I went up and I uh, asked if it was Good Friday, that's that the rally was on, and everything was closed, you know, and uh, um, this photographer, uh, he didn't wasn't much into motorsport, but he said, "If you've drove this far, you must think there's something on it, you know." So they developed an egg, and here it was, you know. So um, developed the picture, and uh, we come home, and next morning I went down the town, see if they if they used it, and it was the full of the sports page, just it was from the top to the bottom, just <laughs> over over and out they had for us, <laughs> Michael, over and out, you know. So how did that feel? Uh, for all that we went through and for Nilas to be here and him to experience it and us to be together as four of us going up the road and going down the road and um, eating meat on Friday which we, <laughs> we were supposed to do Beta wouldn't have approved Beta wouldn't approve and Cal held out Cal held out to the last minute we was starving and he, he says oh no he says I'm sure I'm not they can't give me anything else you know so he was trying to howl out to after 12 o'clock but uh, no it was great it was great Just, I get the impression Brian that well this is probably your, your happy place are you most happy if you have a camera in your hand uh on duty at a rally? Not as much not as much as I used to, you know. Um enjoy um enjoy covering any event now, you know. Um I don't do you know this? Years ago you would have known everybody's rally car because they were running about all the time. Now you go to a rally and they have a new car and their new their new graphics on it and you spend half a day trying to figure out who's driving what, you know. Um but and you know that's meeting people uh, and knowing them and being comfortable enough that they'll just let me take uh, a picture. You know, there's a kind of a thing now where you have to ask somebody to take a picture. You know, and most of the time that ruins the picture that you've seen originally. You know, and people are aware of it and they're conscious of it and all the rest. You know, but no, I just enjoy taking you know uh, pictures of people that you know just out and about probably more than in the studio just you know the rallying fraternity is very close to that group Brian isn't it it's a good uh, um, do you know this there's a there's a big big connection of it here in Donegal big positive connection you know um and they're there all the time. I I done a thing years ago. You probably know them. Remember the money to Monte Carlo thing, you know. And uh, it was it was a rally, uh, and um, garages and all that was all behind it, you know. It was a huge community effort, Brian. Do you recall it? Oh, just I couldn't believe it. You know, couldn't believe where you were getting. You know, and even you know there was there was a, a thing that a, you know a, a people that done you know that gave money and they didn't want 
anybody to know that they gave money. Just wasn't about just wasn't about getting publicity. It was just about they wanted the thing to work, you know. And uh, I was I was overwhelmed by that, you know, at the time, you know. So me and Neilis went to America or went to America. He came over from America, and the two of us took the wee money from here down through Scotland and through England. Met Paddy Hopkirk on the way down. Brought a bottle of potching down to Paddy Hopkirk. <laughs> And um, I remember him only chatting to him recently there, and he says that uh, he says the bottle's empty. He says that <laughs> I was chatting to him on Lundigall Town there a couple of weeks ago there before Christmas, and he was saying the bottle's empty. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the money was for the Donegal Hospice, playing, is that right? Eh? The money was for the Donegal Hospice, was Money was for the Donegal Hospice, um, um, and at I was, uh, it was in memory of him and Harvey, but there was a deeper thing there, you know, and I didn't even realise it was actually on Highland that this kind of, that this kind of came out a wee bit more was, uh, I was kind of, it was my mother, um, and, you know, there was no hospice when she passed away, you know, and I, I just thought there was great dignity for people that would be in the hospice, you know, and um, Sean Doherty. Um, interviewed me and you know Sean just got that wee thing that I didn't realise was there just you know and I was talking about it before and realised it you know but uh, it was a big thing big thing you know you missed the late Eamon Harvey who was a, a, a long time colleague of yours in the fire service mm-hmm. um, talk to me a wee bit about your time in the fire service Brian well um I was sent you there. Um, I started in the fire service in 1985, um, and the, probably the background on that was um, where I lived in Wolftone Place. There was uh, I was in 27, and whenever I over my life growing up there, 20 number 25 was uh, the late uh, Tommy Freel. Uh, number 26 was Jim Tees and number 28 was Jim Ferry they were all in the fire brigade so there was just this kind of a grav- gravitation towards you know and um, I started in the fire brigade along with the late Sam O'Donnell Eamon O'Donnell, Eamon O'Donnell and uh, the late Eddie Kern and uh, we came on there in the, in the old fire station on the high road and uh, oh, it was great great times great great uh, team effort on it as as it is in emergencies you know you just row on you do your thing you know but uh, hard times as well difficult times um, and uh, you, you go on you, you know you go on with this notion you know that you're going to go on and save a life but most of the time that never happens not at a fire anyway you know because most of the time it's too late, you know, and it's it's after that that you're there, you know. But I suppose the the big one uh, for me was going to an accident that my own uncle, Father Mark, was um, involved in down in Chrysler. And uh, me and that day the call came in and... Um, Falcara turned out to it and we were assisting Falcara and we had turned the tender out and me and Tony Coyle were in the station and Tony was one of the best he was a mechanic by trade and he was one of the best people for cutting out and he was he was looking to get down because we had heard there was a bus involved and we didn't know how many people were involved in it but anyway we decided to uh, call on another tender to back up Letterkenny and me and him headed down and uh, when we went down 
I didn't even know the car, and me and Father Mark bought the car together, and I didn't even recognize it. And uh, he was drifting in and out of consciousness, and um, I was standing in front of him, and then I was on beside him, and he went unconscious then, you know, and um, the ambulance driver uh, said to me that day, he says, I don't think he's going to make it, you know, he says, if you want to open the ambulance, he says, I, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to work, you know, so I had gone down the fire engine, and I come back up in the ambulance, and um, what I remember about that day was uh, they, they were doing roadworks on the letter Kenny side of Chrysler, and um, the councilmen had stayed on along the road, and whenever we come up through in the, the ambulance, they had this uh, lane in the middle of the road made with cones, and we just flew through the traffic. Traffic was all jammed up, and uh, I was telling. Mark, when he uh, come round, it was a couple of weeks after that he come round, as uh, he was like Moses going across <laughs> the Nile, the road just opened in front, and the sea just opened up, and so. But uh, no, it was uh, that day. It was um, like after after it, I realised, uh, you know. Had he passed away that day, I was um, on the roadside. I was a, a family member beside him. Uh, and had he, when he made it from there, I was part of the team. Not that I'd done that much that day, but I was part of the team that saved his life that day, just, you know. Do you miss the fire service, Brian? No, don't miss it at all. Um, uh, um, and uh, I, I, I took a career break out of it. Um, and then when I got it, then uh, I used to miss calls if I was away places, and then I would go back, and they never were out, you know. And I was thinking, uh, but you just, you just have a like. I was being realistic, I suppose myself, you know. I had enough years on it, and I just uh, had done what I wanted to do, and uh, I was a substation officer when I left it, you know. And, um, I went on to do driving. I wanted to drive a fire engine, and I could drive a fire engine, but um, I'd done what I wanted to do on it and enjoyed it, you know. Um, and hard to believe that you have 25 years done it and you're out of it, you know. I'm out of it now 10 or 12 years, like, you know, so it was always something. You didn't realise how much you were committed to it, Kieran, until you took a bleep off your side, you know. And you didn't have to worry if you're going to a football match out in the Donald Park there. You had to turn the, get the car out to the end of the road so that you could get away. Or even at night, you'd be looking for your, before you go to bed, you'd be looking for your keys to make sure that you would be able to get out and get down to the station, you know. So don't, I don't miss it. Done it, you know. Don't miss it at all. Brian, I recall you reading uh, a column in the Donegal Democrat, a motoring column, and uh, it has uh, since been revived through the Donegal Daily News website, and uh, in those columns you deal about life, uh, you talk about your memories, and you talk about people past, and you mentioned a number of those people there, uh, former colleagues from the Fire Brigade. Uh, you enjoy the reading as well? I do uh, I enjoy it, um, and it's a it's a kind of a deadline for me every week. It's a kind of a like it's the old newspaper way of working, you know. Um, and I'm supposed to be doing it here today <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when you're interviewing me here. But uh, no, I, I like I worked at it in the Democrat, and um, 
the great, the late Cecil King was very good. Uh, you know, uh, he would give he give me s- space to do it, and he also done another thing. He give um, he give me space. He give me a wee paper of my own, uh, just a wee pictorial extra. And funny, just uh, last week there or at the weekend there, Troy Gallagher. Uh, who is the mayor of Islington? Um, he was back there, and I have the paper from 1993 that I had the supplement on, and here I had a picture of Troy, where I had him on the front of the wee supplement that I used to do, and he was uh, doing uh, walking tours of Letterkenny, and I had a picture of him on the old town bridge over here, you know, and um, just over from us here, and you can see the where the uh, station house hotel is now. The old, uh, the old station house was in the background. You know, it's lovely old shot. You know, but people love nostalgia, Ben. They do. Uh, sometimes I kind of think to myself, "God, this is, going to, this is going to be another story about you know my own family." I like writing about my own family because I know them, um, and be careful to be. Don't want you know you don't want to offend anybody, but you want to be as near to the truth as possible, you know. So um, I do, I do enjoy it, you know. But it's you know, some like people are very afraid of their shadow. I often think, you know, they're often worried about what other people will think of them, you know, and they spend their whole life, you know, worrying about that, you know. Um, and I think when I'm writing, I, I just uh, say to myself, you know, um, I like to try and get a story that people will connect to, you know, so sometimes you have to forget about the shadow, you know. Yeah. Do you get much reaction, Brian? Um, I, I, <laughs> um, I do. I'd be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed when people say, God, I read, I read that we are. And people that aren't. Somebody says, I'm not anti-mothered at all, <laughs> but I always read your article, you know. And, um, I don't know. Some, you know, sometimes it's hard to know how to take a compliment or something that you like doing. You know, uh, that's that's the way I am. You know, when I get you get the funniest reaction from me whenever something <laughs> passes me a compliment. I'll just you know, Brian, is there a person or are there business people uh, that uh, you look up to most or admire most? Um, I, I don't, I don't know, don't 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 think so. You know, I, I don't. It's not that I, 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 I think that people. Uh, do their own job very well, you know, and uh, I suppose a roundabout way of answering that is I love to see local people getting on. I love to see somebody doing something uh, that they've done or something different or taking on something and doing well in it, you know. Uh, And I always think about Father Kieran. Make it here. I don't know. You came from Father Kieran. The time I was doing the money to Monte Carlo thing, and um, he's over. And when Stenorla used to be here in Letterkenny, and he says to me, he says, uh, "Here you're going to um, the Monte Carlo." <laughs> and I thought he was. I didn't know what way to take it. And he says, "You know," he says, "It takes a." It takes a big man in Letterkenny to stick his head above the parapet. He says, everybody wants to cut it off. He says, but he says, you need to get up on the parapet. And he says, and then, he says, then they'll believe in you, you know. So 
Maybe that's the way I could answer that. <laughs> Does your mind go back to that conversation now and again? Yet? All the time. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, people, you know, people can tell you what you're doing wrong very, very quick. You know, sometimes you'll react, sometimes you don't, you know. Sometimes you'll just wait and then, you know, they're, they're looking for the reaction as well, you know. So, but. I it helps. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> Brian, tell me, if you had followed your childhood dream job when you were running about Wolf Tone Place, what would you be doing now? Uh, same thing. No, no different. Um, no different. Um, I would be interested. If, uh, one thing I would be interested in, I would be interested and in, always interested in people. I'm taking pictures of them and I'm writing about them. So I, I might have wanted to maybe pursue a study of people more, you know, uh, but that that would just I'm getting I'm doing that anyway, like you know, so doing I'm doing what I wanted to do, you know, um, so I'm happy enough, like you know. And is there a best lesson that you've learned in business? Um, it's not what it looks like, you know. Uh, people that are self-employed, uh, you know, know how hard it is. People that want to be self-employed that think about doing it and don't do it think that you're making a fortune you know <laughs> and you know that's that's not the reality of it like you know and as just to go back what you had said there earlier your name's above the door you know and <laughs> at, at you know a lot of people can can you know I, I, there is just i just think it's it's good to uh, uh just be humble about it just you know and finally, Brian, what lies ahead for yourself and your business? Um, don't know. I know I started out, I left school when I was 16 um, to become a carpenter. And um, Terence Ponsby, um, I got a start with Terence Ponsby and I was um, uh, a carpenter up at the St. Bernadette School and uh, done that for a while and went full circle and now I'm doing carpentry again here in the back road um, and I just bought a couple of uh, power tools there yesterday um, and we're doing, we have a framing business here and I enjoy working with wood, just enjoy it um, and I suppose I often think about your own father made the thing for Father Mark that he thought the world of that he left in the regional college when he, le when he left and he says it was the finest bit of carpentry ever he's seen so I appreciate nice craftsmanship and, and I try to do that myself just you know Brian Mateed photographer and owner of the Christophe Gallery and the Rikini thanks for taking the time out to talk to us today on Business Matters Thanks very much, Kieran. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Brian McDade. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information.